you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Hello, Compassion fam. I am Crystal Little, and let me tell you, I am pumped to get to be up here. I mean, we're kicking off a brand new sermon series, as you guys have already heard, called Encounters. And I'm telling you, the encounters have already begun. If you were at Fusion on Wednesday night, we encountered the presence of God. There are so many testimonies that we are hearing and we're going to continue to hear about the way that God has shown up in unexpected ways and changed the game. I mean, I can tell you that from my life. I am one of the most introverted people that I know. I always tell people I'm not stuck up, I'm shy, and I'm afraid to talk to you. But I have encountered Jesus. And when I encountered Jesus and I gave him my yes, he gives us the boldness where we have to stand up, where we have to speak out and use our voice because it's not about me. This is not anything that I could do in my own power. It's what Jesus Christ does when we encounter him in those moments. So that little paper that you have, I really challenge you to fill that out. I want you to be thinking about those four people that you can be praying for. I want you to be expectant for God to move. What do you want God to do in your life? And then take it beyond yourself. And what are you praying that God will do in the lives of those four people that you prayed for? Like, I want to walk out and come in next Sunday, and our chicken wire, my little Nocona, come from Nocona, America, Podunk, USA. So when I heard him say chicken wire, I'm like, I feel like I'm back home. <laughs> it's beautiful. Love that moment. But I want to see that filled out because as we are pursuing God, as we are waiting for that encounter, we're coming with an expectancy. We're being proactive, amen, and we are getting people's names in the throne room of heaven for him to come down and change. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us in, and we're going to get to going with our first encounter. So Jesus, I thank you that you are here. Your presence is fully felt, and we love you for it. Do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first encounter that we're going to be talking about this morning for Encounter Sermon Series is in the book of Daniel 3. This is going to be a story that some of you, maybe you've heard before in Sunday school when you were little, if you went to Sunday school, maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. But either way, I believe that the Lord has a word in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the book of Daniel 3, these three guys, they are, I want to say kind of in like an exile. They are Jewish people. They believe that Jesus is the son of God. They believe in the one true God, but they're living in a Gentile world where they're worshiping other gods and idols and all the other things. Kind of sounds like our world, right? But they're standing up in, a, in, in this Gentile world, and there's a lot of persecution that comes from it, and they're about to get the opportunity to stand up for what they believe in. But there's this king, his name's King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to call him King Neb for short because I like to make the Bible personal. King Neb, 
He has encountered God in previous chapters, but he's kind of forgotten what God has done. He's fallen back into the, oh, this is all about me. I'm doing well. You know, we all do that. When God, when we need God, we're on our face. But then whenever everything's good, we're like, oh, look at me. How many likes did I get on that post? But King Neb is back in that place. And he is saying, okay, I have created this gold statue and I want everybody, when you hear the music of all kinds play, I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to get on your face and bow before the gods. Bow before this idol of gold that I have created. Well, our three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they don't do it. Because they know who God is and there's only one. There's only one true God. So in this moment, while everybody else is bowing down to the world, they choose to stand up in faith. And I wish I could say that they got a pat on the back and King Neb was like, wow, that's honorable. But he didn't. We had the tattletales go to King Neb and say, these three guys, they're refusing to bow down. So their faith sparked up the king's fury. I mean, he's ticked off. So they call the three amigos in. They come to talk to them. And he says, okay, I've heard that you're not bowing down, but I'm a kind person. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you another chance. When you hear music of all kinds, I want you to bow down. I want you to worship these gods. I want you to worship this gold statue. And if you don't, you will be thrown into a blazing furnace of fire. Then I want to see how is your God going to rescue you then? So in this moment, these people, they had a choice. They got to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to stand up in faith? Am I going to stand again in faith? Or am I going to go ahead and give in? Because I feel like God will understand. I mean, he sees what's happening. What I can do is I can go ahead and bow down. I can stay away from the heat. And then I'll just ask for forgiveness. Anybody do that? Ask for forgiveness. His grace is sufficient. And I'm just going to go back and I'll worship him again tomorrow. But I'm going to avoid this fire. So he says, I'm giving you one more chance. And then Daniel 3 in verse 17, he says, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're the ones that are having the chance to talk. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18, but even if he does not, even if he doesn't come through. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Talk about boldness. I believe that God is up in heaven like, that's my boys. That's amazing because if it were me, I'm struggling up here. Like I'm sweating on a hot stage. How I, I would probably be the person that's like, Lord, you understand. We'll, we'll be tight tomorrow. No, but they chose to stand up. They knew what was coming because do you know what? Your fire is required. That's our first point today. Your fire is required. They knew that standing up meant they were going to have to walk through the fire, but they stood up anyways. Your fire is required. 
A lot of times when we become Christians, we think in our minds, all of a sudden, I'm exempt from trials. I'm exempt from setbacks. Nothing's going to happen to me. I am completely protected, and I'm on a cloud with the Lord. I hate to break it to you, but that's just not the case. And nothing in the Bible sets us up to think that. It even says, it says in James, when you encounter trials... When, not if, when you encounter them, this is an opportunity for joy. I'm going through a trial, but I'm supposed to be happy. That is like me being moody and my husband telling me to calm down. How about no? But in the book of James, this is the cool thing about God, is he takes things that don't make sense in our natural mind, and he flips it around, and he says, when you experience trials, I want you to look at it in a different way. Because this trial, this fire that you are about to go through, it's required. Because it's in the fire that I am going to rise things up in you. I'm going to teach you how to endure when things get tough. I'm going to teach you how to press in. I'm going to teach you how to develop. I'm going to give you the opportunity to encounter me. But if you're resisting all of the fiery moments, we are missing out on what God wants to do in us. Somewhere along the line, we have twisted it up, and we think that God cares more about our comfort than he does about our calling. He cares so much more about your eternity and about how you are as a person in the life that you lead than he does about how comfortable you are. But the choice is yours. You get to decide when you are coming up and you know I'm about to go through it. You get the choice. Am I going to stand up in faith because I know the one true God, or am I going to bow down to the world and give the world its way? And the enemy's tricky because he loves. In, in the scripture, it says, when you hear the drum and the lither, whatever that is, and the harp and the sax, whatever you hear, when you hear all these different instruments, I want you to bow down. That's what the enemy does. He knows what's going to get you. He knows your weaknesses, your temptations. He knows the struggles. He knows the people. He knows the addiction. He knows the thought. All of those things. He knows where to hit it when it hurts. So he's saying, if I can just offer up all of these enticing things, it's going to hit you one way or another. But you get the choice. You know your weaknesses. You get the choice to stand up in faith and say, no, even if I don't get the outcome that I want, I choose to stand in faith. Because when you stand up, he shows up. When you choose in the middle of it all, when the ways of the world seem way more tempting and way less troublesome, when you stand up, he shows up. And we get to tap into this confidence that these three guys had. They had a confidence that didn't come from anything in here because this is a scary place sometimes. They had a confidence that was rooted in their faith in God. So my question for you is, what is your fire? The fire that you have to go through, what is it? Is it a fire that you have put yourself in because you've made some really stinky 
choices. You've made some mistakes. You've gotten yourself in your own hot mess. Maybe your fire is one that you have been pushed into, and it's more of a victim. You've been wronged. You've been hurt. Or maybe, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your fire is because someone is persecuting you. You are radically changed. You do choose to stand up in faith in the world, and sometimes some Christians, too, don't like it. Either way, we all have a fire that we are required to go through, but I'm telling you, there's a purpose for it. God doesn't take you through anything without bringing you out with protection and without some kind of purpose in mind. So when you stand up, he shows up and he uses the fire as an opportunity for us to encounter him and for us to recognize his presence. So your fire is required. Now, continuing on in this story, we have these three amigos who are refusing to bow down to King Neb and all of the idols, and he is not happy. He's angry. He didn't get his way. So instead of giving understanding, you know what comes next. He said, if you don't, you will be thrown into the furry finest, fiery furnace. But instead of that, he says, heat it up. Let's turn the heat up here because you're not going to give me my way. I'm going to have that fiery furnace turned up seven times hotter. See how the Lord's going to rescue you now. Seven times hotter than it already was. Guys, we live in Texas. 109 degrees when you get in your car with black leather interior and you try to put your arm on the console and you get third degree burn. You can't even do 10 to 2 because your fingers are burnt to a crisp and they become little chicken fingers. You're trying to do this going down the road. We can't handle 109 degree Texas weather, but these men are being thrust into a furnace that is burning seven times hotter than it was intended from the beginning. That is faith. That is faith. King Neb called his strongest men to tie them up, to bound them up, they were fully clothed, too. Like, they weren't going in crop tops and booty shorts. These guys, I'm talking turtleneck. We got fully covered. And you know what happens when the fire catches your clothes. They are destined to be destroyed. But he bounds them up, and he chooses his strongest men to get them and to throw them into the fiery furnace. And you know what happens to those men that are throwing them in? They get burnt up just on the outskirts, not even pushing, not even going in the fire, just being on the outskirts, boom, they're gone. Burnt to a crisp. And when I read that, where my brain goes is, don't you dare mess with the anointed. When somebody has an anointing on their lives, and you try to get your little selfish tush in the middle of it, and you're pushing them in the fire, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself, because you may find yourself in your own fire that you wish you were never in. And I'm not trying to bring it down. I'm just trying to be real. 
Be careful how you treat the anointed, the children of God, which if you don't know you are a believer, guess what? You're in that too. We all have access for that anointing. So we have to be there to support each other. But nope, they threw them in. They ended up dying. And please hear me. I'm not saying if you mess with someone, you're going to die. Please. Please hear me. But I'm saying, I'm not saying karma, but I'm saying you reap what you sow. If you are, if you are reaping havoc, if you're sowing havoc, you're going to end up reaping, reaping havoc. So watch yourself. In verse 25, Neb says, so they've thrown them in the fire. Verse 25, King Neb says, hold up, look. There are four, Shad, there are four, there are four people in this fire right now. But you were, didn't they bound them up? Because these men are walking around in the fire. There is nothing holding them back. They are walking around with an extra person. What in the world is going on? My friends, your fire is required, but your fire also attracts attention. When you choose to step into the fire, people will come. And I want you to pay attention to the people that are there. The first group of people that I'm thinking of are the people that are with you in the fire. You see, Shadrach wasn't alone. He had his other two friends that were with him. God will give you, he will appoint people in your life that will stand up with you so you don't have to walk in faith alone. Then, because he's just the best thing in the entire world, he will not only appoint people to walk with you, he will anoint people to walk in the fire with you as well. They're going to walk through. Think about those people in your life who you've done some messed up stuff. I've done some messed up stuff, but every step of the way I have had the Lord bring people to come alongside me that are not shaming me. They're not pushing me in. They're saying, hey, let's stand up together. We're going to go through this because I know that it's in that fire that I'm going to encounter the Lord. So we're going to do this together. And I don't think it's coincidental that the Lord used these three men because in the, same, in the same time, it says where two or more are gathered, where two or more, okay, we have three, so we qualify. Where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. So in the fire, we have these three men, which means they qualify for the presence of God to come. The fourth man in the fire. In one of the scriptures, it says it looks like the son of the gods. And different translations say different things. But basically, it's like he sent an angel of the Lord to come and to protect them and to walk with us through. Your fire attracts attention. It's going to attract the people who are with you. But then it's also going to attract the people that are going to pray you through the fire. You don't always have the capacity to be everything for everyone. I can't walk through every single fire with, I wish I could, I would love it. We can't walk through the fire with everybody, but we can pray people through the fire. I don't know if you guys realize the power of prayer. 
You don't have to be with them. You don't even have to know them. You don't have to know where they live. You can choose a person and say, okay, they're going through a fire. I'm going to choose. I can't stand. I can't go with them, but I can pray for them. And I've had that happen in my life. Back Oh, goodness. I feel like it may have been like seven years ago. We did a women's conference, and Miss Sylvia Ferguson, who comes to our one o'clock service, her sister came with her to that service, and somehow we got combined up, and we ended up praying for each other. Well, ever since that day, she still prays for me. I don't know where she lives. I don't know what she does for a living. I don't know her story. But she chose that day when she met me that I am going to pray you through your fires as long as I have breath. And Miss Sylvia will come up to me and she'll tell me, my sister's still praying for you. My sister's still praying for you. And there have been times where I have been in the biggest pit of fire. And I can remember that Miss Sylvia's sister is in the corner on her face praying for me right now, even though she doesn't even know it. So do not discount your ability to pray people through the fire. Now, (laughs) there are also people who love to watch you burn. When you are in the middle of your fire, there are going to be people who pull up with the lawn chair. I'm talking the Michael Jackson meme, I'm just here for the comments. They want to watch you burn. Now, and I don't believe, cause we have all done it. I'm not acting like I'm innocent. We have all done it. But I'm telling you, there is some sick, twisted way that the enemy has made people's failure a form of entertainment for us on Facebook. And that has to stop. He loves to take it and he attracts. It's like a moth to a flame. We become attracted to the flame of people's failures. And I don't know why, because it's not like it makes you any better, because you've been through fire yourself. So one of the things that I was convicted of whenever the Lord dropped this, because he drops truth bombs. It's not all just, oh, goody, goody, gumdrops at a candy shop. No. The Lord wants you to be better. He wants you to love well. And sometimes he has to say the tough stuff. So the Lord dropped that in my spirit and he said, what are you doing? Are you screenshotting and sharing someone's failure? Or are you relating to them and remembering the fire you went through and responding? Guys, as Christians, but also just as decent human beings, like in general, we have to do better. When somebody is going through the fire and you're scrolling through Facebook and you see this and you see that, or you hear this and you hear that, I'm going to encourage you, do not screenshot that mugshot. Don't do it. You stop in that moment and you remember where you came from because nobody in this room is perfect. You remember your fire. You remember the brokenness and the loneliness that you felt. You relate to them and then you respond. And I can be so guilty of this. Like I want to reach out and I want to respond and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I love you. We're here for you. But I stop myself because I'm like, I don't want to embarrass people. No. Guys, you never know if that one text or that one call or that one encouraging scripture is the very encounter that they needed to get on the other side of the fire. 
So we relate and we respond and we realize that our fire, it's required, but it also is going to attract attention. So we want the people that are coming around to watch us burn. We want that to be a testament of God's glory. We want them to come around and see, okay, I know what she did. I know what happened, but she chose to stand up in faith anyways. She walked through the fire. The Lord was with her and look at her now. Look at her now. The attention was never meant to be about us. The attention is always meant to point to Jesus. We get to choose, am I going to be a victim in my situation? And some of us You have been in a victim situation, and I'm not downplaying that, but I'm saying we get to choose in the moment, am I going to stay a victim or am I going to rise up a victor? So as you're standing up, you're allowing it to attract attention. In verse 27, it says, I'm going to kind of speed through this a little bit, but it says all the people, the governors, advisors, all those people, they start crowding around them, and they saw that when they came out of the fire, they did not have a harm on their body, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. Not a smell of fire on them. Guys, if you have ever been to a bonfire or a barbecue place or a bar, you know that smoke clings No matter how much you try to get it out, no matter how much you wash it, no matter how much you get the cute little teddy bear fabric softener, the smell of smoke does not want to come out. But these men walked through a fiery furnace that was seven times hotter, and they came out with not a single smell of smoke on their body. Only God can do that. And if he can do that for these three friends, imagine what he can do with your story. Imagine the shame that you can walk in with. Imagine the, the guilt that you carry. Imagine the choices that you've made that you knew were not right. Like he sees it all. But when you encounter Jesus, you come out of the fire, not only with this gift of eternal life, but you also come out not even smelling like smoke. Because he's the one that gets the glory in it all. That's what we're here for. Because your fire should fuel faith. Your fire should fuel their faith. Only God can bring you out where we're no longer carrying the shame or the labels or the generational curses anymore. No, we get to walk out free because we have encountered God. And God, his encounter, oh, it's all consuming which I think is why he probably chose a fire in this picture for his, his way of an encounter because a fire is all-consuming. Once it starts, you can't stop it almost. But God's presence, he, he desires to consume us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, and it's not a fire that's for destruction. It's not a fire that's to bring pain or third-degree burn. It is a power and a presence that is like a healing balm that says, I see your sin, I see your shame, but I have something way better in store for you. 
but I need you to take my hand in the middle of the fire. I need you to recognize that I'm here with you because when we get up out of here, what just happened is about to fuel people's faith. It's not something that we keep to ourselves. It should fuel the faith of other people. I mean, that's what happened with King Neb. If you see it, his faith was beginning to be restored all because they allowed their fire story to fuel the faith of the people that are around them. So my question for you is, are you allowing your fire to fuel people's faith? I want everyone to just close your eyes. And we're just going to get real for a second. And I want to know if you are in the middle of a fire, I want you to raise your hand. You are not alone. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want, I want to know who in here is ready to stand up in faith as we're pressing in and encounter the, the, this month with encounter. I want to know who is ready to catch fire. Who's ready to stand up and say, I know the one true God and I'm ready for my life to tell the story of all that God has done. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand. Hands are up everywhere. God, I thank you so much that you love us enough to meet us in the fire. And I thank you that you walk us through and that we come out on the other side with victory. We come out on the other side and you are the one that gets the glory. So God, use us. Let our flame tell your story. Let our flame fuel the faith of others. And we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the encounter. Now this is, this is the most important part. And this is for my friends in here who you've been through a fire you're haunted with what you've done. You are overwhelmed with loneliness. And you keep hearing about this Jesus and you, you want to know that you're not alone, but you haven't had that encounter yet. Like you don't know Jesus personally in your heart. So today I wanna give you an opportunity to say, I want Jesus in my heart. I know and I understand now that I've done some messed up things, but he died for me so those could be washed clean. I wanna walk with him through the fire. I wanna share my story. I want to make it to the end of my life and I know that I'm going to heaven that all of this was for his glory. If that's you and today is the day that you wanna receive Jesus in your heart, I want you to raise your hand. Yes, that's the thing, is everybody has their first encounter. You are never alone. So I want you to pray with me, because we're a family. We don't walk through the fire alone. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. So I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my fire. I ask you to come in. Be the Lord and the savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I live my life to worship you forever and ever. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday.
you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.